When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Welcome into Lincoln Live. September is National Preparedness Month. Lincoln Lancaster County Emergency Management Director Jim David Saver joins me for the conversation this morning on Lincoln Live. Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Dale. You dealt with emergencies long before becoming Emergency Management Director in 2014, leaving the Lincoln Police Department after 28 years. By the way, thank you for every one of those years with LPD. Yes, sir. My pleasure. Yeah, I, I started my public safety career in Lincoln and Lancaster County in the summer of 1986. For what emergencies are you asking people to be prepared? We take an all-hazards approach. So when people are considering uh, where they are at work, at home, at school, just have a basic general plan that if you had to deal with some unforeseen circumstances, are you prepared Uh, as prepared as you can be to deal with those. And we're going to break those down. It'll be homes, businesses, schools, communities. We'll try to get into each one of those. How has the definition of being prepared changed, Jim, since you took over eight years ago? Preparedness is something that's always there. In fact, September is recognized as National Preparedness Month. FEMA, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, first Uh, designated September as National Preparedness Month in 2004. But obviously, we always promote preparedness under all circumstances, and that's what it comes down to. Uh, Consider, if you are going to be negatively impacted, what is that most likely scenario? Recognizing that anything is possible, but in that probability world, what is most likely to happen And uh, throughout the Midwest, if you're going to be impacted by a disaster, it's probably going to be weather related. You need to prepare for a hazardous material uh, spill, which may trigger a shelter in place or an evacuation order. Uh, Again, the possibility of that is there, but the probability is low. So again, when you're looking at your plan for home, for work, for school, first and foremost, Uh, put together a basic plan that will cover all hazards and then tailor it to the most likely scenario. So again, when we look at severe weather, rather than trying to evacuate, your best bet is to seek the best available shelter. Jim, I know we spoke eight years ago when you first took over for Doug Alberg in the emergency management office, but uh, has the definition of being prepared changed? Because between then and now, COVID is now part of the subject. Is, are we to the point? I don't want to dwell on this too much, but is COVID in the conversation here in 2022? Absolutely. Is it? And that's the other thing, too. In the disaster preparedness world, if you're dealing with a situation, one of the first questions you ask is, well, what did we do the last time this happened? And when the COVID crisis hit in early 2020, it had literally been more than 100 years since we had seen something of that scope and magnitude. So again, that's where in that all hazards approach, you have to be mindful of those things. But then you don't want to make a bad situation worse. 
So that was a lot of the questions I had. COVID uh, hit in March of 2020, which aligns with our severe weather season. So I had a lot of inquiries from people. They're telling me to keep my distance from people, but if we have to shelter in place during severe weather, our, our shelter location requires us to be in close proximity to one another. So again, you always want to be aware of you know PPE, personal protective equipment, wear a mask if need be. Uh, but again, you want to survive the the most significant threat. So if you're in a tornado warning and you need to seek shelter in your basement area in close proximity to your coworkers, put your mask on and go to the basement for hopefully those, no longer than those 30 to 45 minutes. So that's the other thing too, is if you have a good plan that's going to give you some flexibility. I, you know, again, COVID, when we're dealing with that public health crisis, you're not supposed to uh, expose yourself to others in close proximity for any longer than necessary. A tornado warning that uh, represents a significant immediate life safety risk. You need to go to that shelter location uh, clear as soon as it's safe to do so. But the immediate danger of the tornado would outweigh the short-term exposure of the COVID. Jim David Saver for the conversation. Jim is Lincoln Lancaster County Emergency Management Director. All right, Americans are being told to take basic steps to prepare for emergencies. Let's break that down. First, being prepared at home. What does that look like? Uh, regardless, we promote the 72-hour rule three days that if life as we know it came to a screeching halt for any reason, are you prepared to take care of you, your family, those who are under the same uh, roof as you for three days? Um, Again, we start our response immediately following any large-scale event, but if for whatever reason you are isolated for those three days, do you have the basic supplies? An example of that is one gallon of water per day per person. Uh, if you have anybody in the household that's on medication or has any other special needs, have you factored that into your plan? Uh, again, a lot of times when we talk about these things, the first question to ask is, should I shelter in place or should I evacuate? So again, when we're talking about severe weather, have you identified identified that place in the home that gives you the maximum protection. Obviously, if you have a basement, that's your best spot. If not, uh, a room, a centrally located room on the lowest level. Um, And then when you think about expanding that to the workplace, do you have shelter locations available at work? If you do need to evacuate, do you know where you're supposed to report? things along those lines. So if you start with a simple basic plan, then you need to tailor that to your uh, individual circumstances. But again, kind of closing the loop on that, that three-day rule is a very good starting place. When you put your plan together for your home, folks, don't forget your pets. Don't forget the the ones that uh, always greet you at the front door because they need food, they need accommodations. If it's a cat, you got to have litter. If it's a dog, you got to take care of their business. I mean, all of that stuff, food, they need a three days worth of uh, supplies as well. Correct. Yeah. You know, you, you emphasize a very good point that plan for every, every, everybody in the household. Mm-hmm. You mentioned a little bit about work other than knowing where the exits are. 
What does preparedness look like at work? Depending on the size of the workplace, you want to identify somebody who is in charge. Do you have that individual that if you do need to activate your uh, safety plan at work, who's in charge? Who is responsible for what? And just like at the home front, do you have anybody in the workplace that you may need to address some special needs? Somebody with limited mobility who may not be able to make it down uh, a few flights of stairs on short notice? Do you have an alternate plan uh, to ensure they're maximizing their safety? The other thing too, not only at home, but in the workplace, the first step is to have a plan uh, I, I'm afraid what a lot of people fail to do is practice their plan, that if you have your plan in place, does the right hand know what the left hand is supposed to be doing? And again, it doesn't need to be anything complicated, but just a few times a year, check that plan. If you had a turnover at the workplace, uh, somebody you counted on to do something, if, if they've transferred, if they're not at work that day, if that emergency happens during that time frame, do the remaining co-workers uh, know what to do? I remember in school, we practiced the fire drills. Not sure if it was every month or every quarter, but we practiced at school. What's included in your emergency preparedness conversation these days? Because it's a different conversation today, Jim, than when, than when you and I were in school. There are a lot more yeah. factors involved. So what does that conversation sound like with school officials? There can be a very fine line between awareness and paranoia. So again, what we want to do is ensure that we're promoting that awareness, that all hazards approach to it. And again, kind of the first consideration is, is it a shelter in place or is it an evacuation? So if it's a fire grill, we know the, the general rule, the subject matter experts say that's an evacuation. If it's an active aggressor, uh, an act of targeted violence, an active shooter, that's a shelter in place with some different options. Should you shelter in the room that you're in? Uh, do you have the opportunity to barricade yourself there? And once you're barricaded, do you have a communications mean to let the authorities know who you are and where you are? Uh, so again, you build that into your plan, then you practice your plan. But yes, sir, when you said we are living in uh, under a different set of circumstances, that's very true. Mm -hmm. But if we hold ourselves accountable to build these plans and test these plans, it really maximizes uh, our safety and minimizes the chance that something bad will happen. We always have to be prepared for it. That's a variable that is in the equation. But like I said, keep, keep it uh, reasonably simple. Give yourself the best opportunity to succeed and survive. All right. From the 30,000 foot view, Jim, communities, they must be prepared. How does a community prepare? There's some short term preparation and some long term preparations that you can do with that. Short term preparations. Again, if each individual, if each family, if each business, if, if each school has taken those first few simple steps, that really promotes the overall safety, integrity, resilience of the community. And then uh, from that 30,000 foot view, as you said, more long term than that, uh, a lot of it focuses on what we refer to as hazard mitigation. If we know there are portions of the city or the county that are susceptible to flooding, 
Can we target those areas? People who live in close proximity or travel there quite often are familiar with those hazards, those threats, and they are better prepared to deal with them. And then again, working with Lincoln Transportation and Utilities and the Lancaster County Engineer's Office, are there some things that we can do environmentally to minimize the likelihood of flooding? Or if we do receive flooding, experience flooding, what can we do to, to minimize or eliminate those ill effects? Going back to where we began, Jim, you mentioned the the preparatory materials, food, supplies, water, three days' worth of everything. We put a lot of information out there today. Is there a site? Does the uh, Emergency Management Office have a, a list of those written down that folks can go to? There, That information is readily available, and obviously with the proliferation of the Internet yeah. today, there's a lot of information out there. Uh, I, I offer that precautionary message of consider the source. But ready.gov is the federal government site, um, not just for National Preparedness Month, but for anything preparedness related. So in that regard, you can really find some basic information and then you can find some specific information to your circumstances uh, with our official uh, county website, uh, our social media pages that are out there on Facebook and Twitter. We do the best we can to uh, promote that and to point folks in the right direction. But no, sir, sit down in a matter of a few minutes. You can really do some comprehensive research that if you don't have a plan, it's a great starting point. If you do have a plan, you can essentially, essentially assess your plan, uh, some things that you may need to change or add Again, going back to COVID, um, hopefully uh, it's in the rearview mirror. It's going to be here, but just how does a public health crisis affect your plan? So, again, that should be part of your annual or quarterly review. Again, as I said, to make sure that you're maximizing your safety and, and minimizing the opportunity that something bad will happen to you or yours. And not only you as a listener, but we as a profession, a media, journalism, uh, communications entity, we practice too. We we talk about who's going to be where and what our responsibilities and our skill sets are. We talk about that here too, just in case if it, uh, if it does ever happen. And we're, of course, we're on top of the weather. We try to be in the spring and in the summer and in the fall, even in the winter, too, when it snows. But uh, everybody's got to be prepared. And, Jim, you're at the you're the lead of the line. So I thank you very much for that. Very good. So I appreciate the opportunity to share the information. Jim David Saber with me, Lincoln Lancaster County Emergency Management Director on Lincoln Live.